Welcome to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Nicholson, here with bite-sized episodes to empower, educate, and enlighten you with ways to lose weight, heal your gut, and achieve your ideal health so you can live an adventure-filled life. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. Today, I wanted to discuss the differences and benefits between a well-formulated ketogenic diet or a very low carbohydrate diet versus a moderate carbohydrate diet in the Mediterranean Plus. This information is coming from a study published in May of 22 in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. They published a study called The Effects of a Ketogenic Diet versus Mediterranean Diet on glycated hemoglobin in individuals with prediabetes and type 2 diabetes mellitus. Now, I'll post the link to the study in the show notes if you would like to read the actual study. But please, if you do, make sure you read the entire study, not just the abstract and the conclusion, because this paper has gotten a lot of criticism from the population of scientists who read this study and don't think they summarized it very well in the abstract or the conclusion. Some of the data doesn't really support the conclusions that they made. So I highly recommend if you're going to read this, that you read the entire study for yourself. So they conducted this study because there really weren't any studies that compared these two diets specifically, but most of the research actually compares a low carbohydrate diet to a low fat diet. So they wanted to compare kind of a moderately low carbohydrate diet in the Mediterranean plus diet to a true well-formulated low carbohydrate diet in the keto diet. Both of these diets, they incorporated non-starchy vegetables, they restricted added sugars, and limited refined grains. The main difference is on the Mediterranean Plus diet, they allowed legumes, fruits, and whole grains. These were restricted in the ketogenic group. So those were the primary differences between the foods in the two groups. Now, the study groups were randomly assigned for 12 weeks into one of the two diets. And then after the 12 weeks, they swapped and they did the other diet for 12 weeks. And then they were followed for an additional 12 weeks when they weren't on either of these particular diets. They looked at hemoglobin A1C, fasting insulin, blood lipids or your cholesterol panel, and they used continuous glucose monitor data. Interestingly, they also tracked changes in the microbiome using stool testing, but they opted not to include that data in this publication, but they do anticipate publishing that information separately. And I'm really excited about that because I think that's going to be fascinating information. All of the participants in this study had diagnoses of either prediabetes or diabetes type 2 leading into this study. The well-formulated ketogenic diet instructions included limiting carbohydrate intake to 20 to 50 grams of carbohydrates, taking in protein at about 1.5 grams per kilogram of ideal body weight, and to fill the remaining of their foods with fat. They were told to exclude legumes, most fruits, they were allowed some berries, and all grains and all sugars. They were advised to consume at least three servings of non-starchy vegetables every day, 
and to make sure that they were taking in adequate minerals and fluids throughout. The Mediterranean Plus diet instructions were to follow the Mediterranean diet pyramid with the restriction of added sugars and refined grains. They were asked to follow a mostly plant-based diet with vegetables that included starchy vegetables, legumes, fruits, whole grains, nuts, seeds, fish as the primary animal protein, and olive oil as the primary fat source. All participants received weekly coaching and education. All of the meals and snacks were provided for the first four weeks of each diet by a dairy and gluten-free food service company. The subsequent eight weeks of each of the diet plans involved the participants making their own foods so they could add back in dairy and then on the Mediterranean plan they could also add in wheat products. Now weight loss was not a primary metric of this study so they were not asked to restrict their calories in any way. They were not intentionally trying to lose weight. They were told to eat until they were satisfied throughout the entire study. In the follow-up 12 weeks, after both groups had completed both diets, they were followed for an additional 12 weeks. During that 12 weeks, they were told they could choose whatever style of eating they wanted. They didn't necessarily have to follow either one of these diets. Any participants on sulfonylurea medications were asked to stop taking the medications during the ketogenic phase and to reduce the dose by 50% during the Mediterranean phase. Now, I find this information alone pretty telling as to which diet has the most impact on blood sugars. Before they even began, the study design experts already knew that the ketogenic diet was going to drop their blood sugars so significantly that if they stayed on their medications, it could be dangerous. So they had them stop the medications. In my book, that's the ultimate goal anyway, is to get off of any medications you don't need to be on. And so they anticipated that that was going to be the case with this and had them stop taking the medication before they even started the diet. I think that's pretty telling. When on the ketogenic diet, participants also measured blood ketones using a meter three times a week before breakfast, so in a fasted state. That all participants were also tested via blood draw in a fasted state seven times throughout the entire study. Both groups had great adherence to both diets. It was pretty similar across the board. Um, And of course, adherence was highest when the food was being provided in either diet. So what were the results? In this study, they found that A1C dropped in both groups and ultimately ended up almost identical. Although the group that did keto first dropped the most. Fasting glucose dropped again in both groups with the best results in the group that started with the Mediterranean diet and ended with the ketogenic diet. Fasting insulin decreased for both groups after the first phase. It continued to decrease for the Mediterranean first group that ended with keto. And the group that started with keto that ended in Mediterranean had really interesting results. Some continued to decrease and others dramatically increased. The overall average was a decrease, but they had a pretty wild split as to what happened when they transitioned from keto to Mediterranean, demonstrating that there's clearly significant differences amongst insulin sensitivity in those groups. 
LDL went up on the ketogenic phase and down on the Mediterranean phase across both groups, ultimately ended about the same as the baseline before all groups had started. HDL, or good cholesterol, improved after both phases in both groups. Initially, it actually decreased or went the wrong direction in the Mediterranean first group, but improved dramatically in the keto phase for this group. But ultimately, both groups saw improvement by the end. Triglycerides improved in both groups as well, and most significantly during the ketogenic phase. ALT, which is a liver enzyme, also improved in both groups and both phases. Weight, which again was not a primary metric of this study, did improve in both groups and in both phases. The group that started with keto first and ended with Mediterranean lost the most and most significantly during that ketogenic phase. Now, average glucose using the continuous glucose monitors also improved in both groups with the biggest decrease in the group that started with keto first, and it decreased by 10 milligrams per deciliter over that phase. Ultimately, the group that started with Mediterranean and ended with keto dropped the most with a 13.4 point drop. Now, my take on this study is clearly both diets can be beneficial, as can any whole foods diet. For anyone with metabolic disease of any kind, not just diabetes and prediabetes, managing blood sugar and insulin is vital to health. This is really something all of us need to pay attention to. Don't be afraid of fat and protein. These are essential nutrients for life. There are no essential carbohydrates. Scientists are still learning about the true effects of the increased LDL traditionally considered more dangerous, but a lot of research now is showing that this marker really shouldn't be used in isolation to determine your cardiovascular disease risk. Some studies are even now showing if you take a deeper dive and look at cholesterol particle size, you look at ApoB and some of the other more comprehensive markers, this can actually give you far more valuable information showing that sometimes even higher LDL can be protective in some cases. So it's easy to just say, you know, the LDL went up, therefore this is a dangerous diet, but it's really not that simple. There's a lot more research to be done. And right now the research is showing that just looking at a basic lipid panel, the LDL is not a very reliable marker all by itself. You really do need to take a deeper dive to understand your true risks. But in this case, both these diets, both a moderately low and a low carbohydrate diet had tremendous impacts on triglycerides, blood sugars, A1C, insulin, all of these other markers, and both improved weight. There's a lot of other studies that compare low fat and many other styles of eating, and low carb tends to do well across the board. So whether you do a low-carb diet following more Mediterranean-style foods or you just reduce your carbohydrate intake regardless of the type of food that you consume, just make sure you're following a whole foods diet. Don't fall for the keto products and the sugar-free products. Just eat whole, real food and be cognizant of how many carbohydrates you're taking in and you will see results. 
Now, if you do have a metabolic disorder, you might need a stricter protocol to reverse your condition fastest and safest. So please do reach out for assistance to make sure that this is appropriate, that you're set up correctly, and that you really know what you're doing so that you don't end up with hypoglycemia or issues with any medications that you're on. So if I can be of any of assistance, please reach out. Otherwise, I will catch you again on the next episode. Thanks for being a faithful listener to the podcast. I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on this podcast so that others can more easily find this valuable information. Did you know I also work one-on-one with clients? I approach solving health challenges like I approached solving crimes by conducting a thorough investigation into your case. Sadly, hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. have insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, and diabetes, and the vast majority have no idea. I'm here to fix that. If you struggle with low energy, stubborn weight, hypertension, sleep disturbances, or any other undesired symptoms, let's talk. All you have to do is schedule a free call. The link will be in the show notes. And no, you do not need to live near me.